Hi, you're listening to uh, That Photography Podcast. I'm Ed Jones. I'm Bruce Moore. And um, I wanted to ask you about your last little shoot that I've been seeing lots of images on Instagram and social media. A little bit of water happening. A bit of water. (laughs) Actually, it wasn't as much as you'd think from the images. Um, So a couple of weeks ago, I had a... um, a model introduced me to a, one of their friends um, saying she wanted to do a, a shoot and that was a, a dance yep. thing and that and sent me some in, inspiration pictures and stuff like that and I was like initially thinking commercial yeah you know just paid shoot yeah but I got to talking talking to the um, to the girl and, and um, yeah it, with the inspiration pictures and that, it was just like there was a lot of water in them. And she's like, yep. these are the sort of things I'm doing. Like, I can't do them in my studio because it's a house. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, water in here is not going to be a good idea. No, I've done lots of things in you here. You almost had some this summer. Yeah, I almost <laughs> had some. Uh, winter. Winter, yeah. yeah. With the floods. But, um, yeah, intentionally um, filling the place full of water probably would have been... Not yeah. a good idea. Like landlord's pretty cruisy, but that's probably going yeah, pushing too far. Yeah. Um, so I also had um, a f- I got a friend who's a video video guy, yep. um, camera operator, um, who messaged me a couple of months ago and said he's been setting up his own little studio um, at Lagana, which is um, about fifteen minutes up the road, yep. basically up the river. And I should come and have a look and see what he's got and stuff like that. And, I, and initially, we had talk, talked about some grand plans about Sykes and all this stuff. And I was, yeah. But I, I went out there and said, oh, let's have a look. And, that, and I told him about, oh, look at this girl who wants to do some dancing in the rain or whatever. And that. And, you know, what do you think? Should we have a bit of fun with this? So between us, we went, okay, we'll actually create a rain rig. Yep. Cool. Um, as a bit of a bit of a fun thing to do and see if we can make something out of it the the in, it was interesting we did the I, I ran around google as always looking at different ways of trying to do it wasn't a huge amount out there actually no. um there was a few and there was one i came across as a video and as a um like dyi photography or something like that had it um like there's uh and it was sort of the same thing and i went okay that shouldn't be that hard i talked to james and i sent it to him and said we think we should try it this way so a couple of days before we went to bunnings and bought some materials which was uh, and i'm useless at the um do it yourself um so what do we do we we bought five um six point uh, three by six meter two by fours so two of them were for our cross, um, which is where we'd actually put the hose we bought on it. So three hoses connected together because as you do a spiral from the from the inside of the cross out, yep. you actually eat up a lot yeah. of hose. So and three hoses didn't co- only covered about half of the actual spit. Well, so and they're fifteen meters each. So we use forty five meters of hosing. <laughs> um, luckily cheap five dollar hose yeah <laughs> um and 100 um, zip ties and we just put it together and zipped it all to, zipped it all up and then went to, went to town put holes all through it <laughs> um the other three bits of wood were used as a basically a mini dam just a lip and we put a tarp over the floor yep 
and um, his warehouse um, has a sliding door, roller door. Yep. So we just placed it at the back of the room where the roller door is and the idea is hopefully that all the rain would stay within the tarp in the little dam area and it would roll out the back. Yep. And luckily it did. The only Excellent. water it actually moved outside of that space was from the model, the yep. dancer, Sky, walking in and out. Yep. Um, I got my lights right into that area with my uh, modifiers, my strip boxes and stuff. Yep. Basically, it could have been just splashed on. There was no water on anything, basically. And we were using a mixture of strobe. So I was shooting with um, two Canon Speedlights and um, a Jimbe um, light. uh, What do they call it? Uh, A monoblock, basically. uh, uh, And and we also mixed in two 1K... um, um, continuous lights yep. which is we use for video so james shot um on a just to get technical a sony um fs7 which is a um fairly high-end zony camera at 150 frames a second Ooh. so we got really cool footage yeah. uh, slow-mo footage um yep. which we'll cut together into like the 30 second thing or something like that and um and i shot um, just with my canon um 5d3 and with the strobes but Initially, I started with putting um, putting her in and went through it and shot without the water and then brought the water in um, and then we moved the lights around until we got it right. It actually took us a few hours to get the lighting where we wanted it. I was watching it behind the scenes on Instagram yeah, uh, and you could see like, oh, there's a light popped up there and there's a – you yeah. put a gobo up to, to screen – some of the spill and yeah the big thing for us for me was i wanted to have we we're using a black velvet background to uh, to actually try and make it black we yeah, didn't sucks want to the light up suck the light up um <clears throat> but when it gets wet it reflects getting, light yeah. right so we had to move the hoses around a little bit to stop water getting on it yep um so that took a little bit and then i couldn't get i was shooting across the water and onto the model with the strip light strip banks yep um and they were doing a great job on her but they weren't making the water pop as much so we yes you need that backlight we're using a backlight but i it was stupid of me i couldn't work out exactly where to put it until like near the end of the day i was like i've got enough stands here just stick it above the background and point it down yeah and you see it in the in the time lapse i'm like I'm sitting there trying to get it right, turning it because everything's like offside, like not not centered the way I wanted yeah. it. Yeah. And then I get to I'm modifying the um, modifying it, and I was just like, why don't I just stick it up above? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, and it's really obvious. You have those kick yourself moments. Like oh. if only I'd done that like two hours ago. But <clears throat> the cool thing about it is we did. What do we do? We one, two, three. I think we did about four looks, five looks. I think it was four. Each look has a different set of lighting to it. That's good. That works. So they're actually kind of different, yeah. which is great. So everything sort of works together, but the lighting actually has different pop, a different yep. look to it, for depending on what look we're using. Um, and uh, and before it it is winter here in Tasmania, we actually hooked the hoses up to the uh, mixer in the in the kitchen. So it wasn't... Um, How long did the hot water last? Not very long because <laughs> the actual warehouse has like, I don't know, a 
tiny little 60 litre hot water cylinder. Hot water cylinder. <laughs> so, yeah. so we were like, we don't want to run it too much because we want to keep it at least tepid, yep. not freezing. But by the end of the shoot, she was freezing. So we'd do it in like basically 10 minute blocks and then yep. bring her out, stick a um, big fluffy um, thing on her and just put her in front of a lot of heaters and yep. she'd get warm again and would review what we're doing and change up and then... We go, are you ready? She goes, yep. We get to turn the water back on and we did it again. It's that time of year in Tassie, isn't it? I'm actually keen for it because now we've got the rig. I'm keen to do it um, in summer and yeah. we've talked about it because if we can work out how to actually move, uh, as, put it in a space, say a, a park or something like that, Yeah. where I'm not worried about the background, I reckon it would be really, really cool. So I've got some ideas for reusing it later. And the actual cost of the actual rig was 80 bucks. That's pretty good. And a few hours work. That's really good. I've been watching some um, online courses lately and saw some cool stuff doing things with water and things like that. Yep. That I hadn't thought of before. So it's like, I wonder how I can use that for something. Yeah, I've added rain and stuff in post-production and before, but this was fun. Yeah. I. And Sky had never actually done a photo shoot before, so she was a real trooper putting up with us being yeah. crazy. That's good. Um, and I shot um, a variety of... I actually started with purely strobe and then um, I started mixing strobe and continuous together to do streaking effects in yep. that as well. So bring your shutter speed down a bit? Yeah, of- shooting at like... Um, one twenty-fifth of a second, but then yep. using the actual rear um, rear curtain of the uh, of it to yep. actually. So you're getting the, the freezing on the on the rain and things like that, but yep. you're getting that little bit of movement still. Yeah, from the continuous. And we gelled the um, continuous lights um, with a cyan and, and an orange. You gelled lights. <laughs> I, I know it's crazy. <laughs> um, it's funny because uh, James uh, was like, oh, I'm not so sure about gelling. Should we do it? And I was like, yeah. You always. Uh, that's your thing. Well, but th- then you look at the footage and it looks freaking awesome because, you know, we've got dark, you know, nice shadows, with those bits of pop of blue in there and the orange yeah. as well. as like, just, yeah. Next thing, you could get your light blaster into it. I brought it and I forgot to use it. Oh. <laughs> um, we did have some failures. Um, I used smoke. Um, the smoke machine but it wasn't working it wasn't giving the effect I wanted and partially because I didn't have the light in the right spot and yeah if you'd had in the background you've got to have that behind haven't you yeah, yeah. exactly instead of crossing it um, so I reckon I'll next time we do it I'll, I'll, I'll bring it out again and I'll actually throw it I'll try it again it's amazing you put it in the right spot like you can be you can have your smoke running and looking at it and think it's almost gone but if the light's in the right spot suddenly it's there yeah like you don't need a massive amount no you don't you you literally push the button and it goes that's it but the problem is is that you waft it in and then there's a bit where it's not in the right spot and then there's a bit where it's all over the place and you lose so much contrast so you got to it's it's actually a bit of timing when you're using smoke and you don't want to run too much of it because then everything has to be aired out i saw a really cool product i don't think you can get it here in australia i was watching an online tutorial and that's like a a aerosol can of atmospheric misting smoke probably cost a fortune only lasts a couple of seconds no it's like this stuff it's like a big like industrial hairdresser's size 
can. Yeah, yeah. And the photographer using it is like just goes like that. It might give it like a three second, four second burst, and he's like, "That's all I'm going to need for the rest of this shoot." And he's shooting for 15, 20 minutes, and it's still I there. So use that. Oh, it, would give, be, just, it gives you volume. Best thing about smoke, it gives you volume to here? a space. We need that here. It's one of those products. Let's just order it in. Surely BNH or I'll do some it. digging. I'll do some digging and find it because I want some. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so Al, what else didn't work? Oh, I've been having problems with my um, tether cable into Capture One. Um, it turns the port off after a while. Okay. So I haven't worked out what that is yet. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the it's either my camera or the USB cables being a bit dicky. It's yeah. a new USB cable from Tether Tools, so it shouldn't have an issue. But but anyway, so I started tethering um, initially, and then it just became annoying. So I actually just shot the card, yeah, which was fine. Um, what was the other thing I did? Shot some Polaroids just for the fun of it. And some film. I have no idea if any of that worked. I, I, I did see a photo of you there with the Mamiya out. Yeah, had it there. Where did you, I haven't even seen that. Someone, photo. who was your maker? Was it Tani? Tani. Yeah, I think it was popped up on hers. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? So smoke didn't work, getting my lighting right. Just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I treat shoots pretty casually, and this one yeah. worked really well. Um, but I also think about how much time we mucked around. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is good that it's it was a it was a it's not a paid shoot. Paid shoot, so you can case. you can do that. Like I'm looking forward to. I have in about six weeks. I just meet, had a meeting before I came here. A really cool styled wedding shoot at a fantastic venue, and I'm just hanging out for that because I've got all day there to shoot yep. stuff that you're usually under time pressure to shoot. Yep. Um, and I can really sort of get outside of my comfort zone and push stuff that you wouldn't do on yeah, a pay exactly. client. You can't mess around with a pay client. You've got to deliver. You've got to stick to what you know you can deliver and not... Exactly. Yeah. You don't... You don't don't learn, experiment. You don't yeah. experiment on someone yeah. else's dollar. Whereas I'm looking forward to this because I can just go a bit crazy and I've got my new toys and things like that. I can get yeah. my head around before I actually need to use and them in anger. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> well, that's the big thing, right? Um, you need to... You need to be able to go out and experiment to learn your tools. Yeah, and you've got to do it. If you only shoot when you're getting paid, you're never going to learn. And, and that's that's the biggest catch. And I've said it before, I think in a few podcasts ago, like I haven't shot much for myself in the last three to four yeah. months because I've been doing other jobs and it's made me completely stagnant. Yeah, and I'm, I'm much the same. I've had like a very quiet off season this year and I haven't done much for myself since last October really yeah um busy summer so I didn't get much time to do anything fun apart from I enjoy my weddings I'm shooting but I didn't get to do anything for myself yeah exactly so I'm just I'm just itching to get into this shoot and I have an awesome team put together for it yep. so well that, that's the thing finding people you enjoy working with who can make things work and yeah. they and I, I I work on it like I ask people, I always feel weird about asking people, but you've got to get out of you got to just yeah. get out and ask. And if they say no, they say no. You do it and then um, hopefully they learn or get something out of it as well. Like that's yeah. the whole thing. Like everybody gets something out of it, even with the end results. Did you do you follow Zach Arias's blog? 
I saw his post recently the other day. The other day. About, well, uh, it would be the only recent one because he hasn't. He's been in a rut. Man. Yeah, he's been and totally he's, in a rut. And, and this hit, is about getting out of that rut. That, that hit and home doing this so, sort of stuff. so much. He's shooting for himself once a week or whatever. Uh, I love the idea of putting together that, um, putting the, the form out there and putting out an open sort of thing, who wants to shoot. Yep, which I actually just, have on my website. <clears throat> and he's, he's just gone and done it, but he's basically said to everyone, I'm not shooting headshots for you. I'm not doing boring no. on white seamless. You may not like the photos I'm creating because I'm creating them for me. But yep. if you want to be part of it, I'd love to have you on board. And the form's really good that he's got. It's got all the details. He has photos there. So yep. he can actually look and go, what can I do with this person that inspires me um, and will get me moving? And I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. You look at somebody or something and you go, what can I do with that? or you yeah. know who or whatever and that's like that's what happened with this i saw saw sky was a dancer she's also a um i think she's a fitness instructor but she she's a fitness com- competitor yeah um and and she went oh, i'm kind of interested in these water shoots i was like okay let's let's see what we can do with that and go from there like it happens to me a lot like when when i get motivated and people kind of unknowingly or knowingly inspire me to try something and that's that's the fun of it i find even if it's just in a conversation like somebody says something or goes oh did you see that and like holy crap how can i do something cool with that yeah um and, and and that's I suppose if you look at a lot of my portfolio, that's where a lot of that's come from, like me experimenting or just wanting to work with particular people. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, good. That's. I mean, we've got to do our stuff for our clients, but if we, we need to do this stuff to push ourselves further. Yeah, and it gives you a skill set for the clients. You, yeah, yeah. And you might, spend, you might have spent all day, like you said, until you suddenly went, oh, this is what I need to do. Yeah. But next time, if someone says, I need to book you and I want to pay you to do this, you're like... Yeah, we're there. We've got it. We know exactly what we're doing. The lights going here, here, and here. Yep. And this is how it's going to work. So, yeah, it's pretty much how how it, yeah. yeah. Most of my jobs have always come for that. So, um, what else do to do? Oh, the cool thing about this on, on the back end of it is currently my post production is really simple. Yeah. I usually spend way too much time um, getting fiddly in Photoshop, particularly with shoots for myself. Yeah. Um, it's just. I don't want to, but it's I time just, suck. But I do. Yeah. I, I keep finding things I don't like. Yeah, and then yeah. minor things, it's nothing to do with the model or anything like that. It'd be just something that's been captured in a way I don't like. Um, but most of this so far has all been capture one, just raw conversion. Yep. And the, all I've been doing is cropping and color. Yep. And a bit of sharpness and a bit of vignetting and stuff. It's like, a good feeling when you get it right in camera and you look at those shots and go, I'm happy with these now. I well, it's not even to... that. It's the shots are just simple. Yep. And they and the, and the only thing I need to do for me at the moment um, is I'm playing with the colour. Like literally yep. I'm going, I could put these out as black and whites or I can put them out as a neutral colour. Like, But I, I, after I played with a few, I'm just like I said to everybody in the team, I went, Nothing in this is going to have a normal skin tone. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It's good fun. Um, but I'm really happy with that because yeah. I am. It's an uh, uh, unknown benefit on this one is that it's really pushed me to learn the color system in Capture One further than which I already know. Yeah, and I know it's it pretty an interesting well. color system. Yeah, a lot more, lot more control than Lightroom. It's 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 hugely 
massively more complicated and, and controlled than Lightroom. Um, but it sort of fits in between with, with the latest update, Capture Nine, um, one nine or whatever yeah. however you pronounce it. They actually brought in color wheels and stuff, and that to me has actually moved it from just being a Lightroom clone in that respect to actually moving in between still image editing and color grading for video. Yeah. Um, without the scopes and stuff. That is actually really cool because if this is me getting really technical, if you ever get into video and you start looking at like lookup tables, LUTs and stuff, yeah, this is where this sort of comes into it. And it's exciting because now I'm making cinematic color choices, yeah, not photography color choices, yeah, yeah. And and that's something you just can't, I mean, Lightroom, you can sort of go a little bit of the way there, but if you want to. The only t- control in Lightroom <clears throat> you've really got is your color temperatures, um, your hue saturation sliders, which I used a lot when I used Lightroom, yep. and I still do when I do um, client work into Lightroom, not that often. Um, and yeah, learn your hue saturation um, sliders, um, hugely beneficial, um, and your curves. Yeah. Um, but in this. You've got all that and more. And, yeah. And you, you don't need to go to Photoshop to do this stuff. You well, that's the thing. I normally there. would go to Photoshop yeah, to do this. but you don't this. need to. But I've actually pushed myself to do it all in, in this. So the only time I've really gone into Photoshop um, in one, one or two, no, only one image so far is because I wanted to correct a bit in the background. Yeah. There was a couple of, couple of bits of the rain which I just annoyed the crap out of me. So I just went and cleaned them out. That's yep. it. I'm really stoked that I've been able to keep it pretty much all in Capture One. Even even those tools are like pretty powerful in Capture One. I'm I've got to be honest. I really find the local adjustment system in there really hard to use, and it's probably because I'm not au okay with it enough. I I used to have a fair bit of play with it. Um, I didn't. I haven't touched it much for the last year because of just being busy. And Lightroom is the the go-to for getting weddings cranked out as quickly as possible. Yeah. And if I'm doing event work for like Supernova or anything like that, some of the clients, it's Lightroom because yeah. I can just go bang, 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 bang. Done. So I just, I think it was like two weeks ago, I, I downloaded the latest Capture One and and I haven't had a huge play with it since then. Um, I did run some of my files from the last wedding through it and was like, oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> Stuff yep. that Lightroom just doesn't quite do, like sharpening and just the default sharpening on it. It's just yeah, it's Lightroom muddies is nasty with Fuji files. Yeah. Um, do you bring them just purely in as Fuji files or do you DNG your files? I uh, take them in as Fuji's. Fuji raws. Yeah, and there's not much else you can do with the Fuji's that doesn't play nicely any other way. Um, there are a few different people that have sort of worked sort of semi-hacks to try and get some sharpening. Yeah, but it's I, I find it's the camera profiles in Lightroom, which drives me up the wall a bit. You can make your own if you have the tools. Um, but most people, no, I'd say 95 plus percent people don't even look at that dialog box in the develop part, Yeah, which is uh, what it is, is uh, they make it simple. When you shoot on a camera, you, you know, you can select your standard, your faithful or whatever they call it, like your profiles. Um, it, it sets the color tones and stuff like that and what the image is going to express. Like, and I know Fuji's are actually quite a lot more detailed in that yeah. compared to the actual Canons at the moment. And, and that. Um, 
but what you can do is in the profiles you can actually you, you can use um, some third party tools to actually make your own profiles so the reds do particular things and, and stuff like that all, all that's pretty good with the foodies it's the sharpening you lose detail yeah right yeah you just just fine detail disappears and you take a fuji jpeg and compare it to a raw, raw that's been processed in lightroom even using these sort of everyone's favorite hacks that they swear do the job it's just not the same yep whereas then i took these ones the other day ran them for a capture one but is it the internal sh- sharpening in the fuji camera onto the jpegs which is doing that no it's because the capture ones are stunning they're beautiful. They do yeah. it. And this is the straight... Capture One puts sharpening on t- as a default as well. So. Yeah. There's even even with that taken into consideration, it was a known thing that for for yeah. about three months of the like the Fuji's sort of being out there with the X-Trans sensors. And then again, when the X-Trans 2 came out, Adobe yep. didn't support this thing. And it just, they looked horrible. Yeah, right. So Adobe, and I actually spoke to a guy... A photographer in the UK that was looking at switching to Fuji, who's an Adobe, um, one of their sort of ambassadors, Masters, yeah. and he said, "Yep, I've spoken to Adobe, and they're saying that they don't know enough about the Fuji files, and they haven't had the information released to them. Yeah. So they're sort of trying I, to I make f- it up to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, and I find that's <clears> the hard thing because most of the stuff in the like best thing about Lightroom and Photoshop and that and ca- um, Camera Raw is it works for pretty much everything and it only yep. takes a couple of weeks before they bring out a patch on a new camera and a new file type it's great they're generic yep. that's my problem um, your camera profiles and that are generic so what that Adobe Standard or, or Adobe Faithful or whatever you've got selected usually Adobe Standard because nobody changes it um, everything it's technically trying to look the same, but every file format from every different manufacturer treats colors and luminosity differently. Yeah. And so that's the reason why you can't get consistency out of them. And it drives me up the wall a bit. Um, and that's where camera profiles are important. Your hue, saturation, luminance, sliders are really important. Yeah. And just learning your particular camera and the way it uh, renders. Yeah. Um, make sure you screen's calibrated oh yeah that's a big thing That'll how, how, often, how often do you hear people going oh i did this I'm... and then i've such and such says it doesn't look very good on their screen and it's like have you got a calibrated monitor no i'm just using my laptop yeah it's like you don't edit on your laptop uncalibrated well, uncalibrated but yeah okay so my my way of doing editing is i edit on my um wide gamut um, monitor, yep. which most people will never see, yep. just because I'm working at that level. And when I bring it back down, I actually save an image version of it um, or t- um, to a Dropbox folder, and I check it on my phone and my iPad. Yep. And it's um, and the reason why I do that is I want to see if how much the color shifts or how much it doesn't work on those devices, because that's where a lot of people yeah. look at that stuff. It's an old, um, it's basically something, I reckon a lot of people do it, but I brought it in because if you're ever mixing sound, here's where I learnt it. You go and mix music or something like that um, in a studio, you got all your amazing speakers, your monitors, and that sounds awesome. A good studio also have a pair of really shitty car speakers or something like that sitting next to them, and they flip it on and they listen to it with those or their earbuds yep 
because that is where most uh, 90 percent of your audience are going to hear it yeah and absolutely. it's exactly the same with phones and stuff well you track your metrics on your website yeah you see how like it's 80 percent, 90 percent people are viewing your website on their device these, devices days. these days so with your blog posts with your portfolio that's where they're seeing it yeah i'm i'm the same i edit on my wide gamut which is calibrated yep. um and i've got a little X-Rite i1. Yep. And that's con- that does ambient monitoring all the time as all well. Time. So it's con- it adjusts um, my yep. monitor. I have my laptop calibrated as well using the same device. So mm-hmm. they match and that's compensating for that. And then I'm, yeah, before I output it, I always check it on, usually on my iPad, um, have a look yep. and see what they look like. Sometimes <clears throat> it's a bit of to and throw. And sometimes you go, well, the color doesn't look quite right on web or whatever for that, but I'm doing this for print. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. I know that my print is going to look like yeah, this. Yeah, if, if you're on a calibrated monitor, you know your print's going to come out right. Yeah. i got a cool little app on my iPad. Um, so I actually just plug my USB cord into my laptop. Yep. And my iPad becomes a second, becomes monitor. another monitor. So yeah. that way I can just look at it and go, yeah, that's all good. That's really cool. Um. Yeah, so that there we go. There's a break, breakdown of my shoot <laughs> and talking about all sorts of stuff. We've got the full gamut here. That's good talk. Yeah. Good chat. We should do this more often. Yeah. <laughs> all good. Um, hopefully in the next few episodes will be some interviews. Yeah. Um, You're off Melbourne. to APA next week. I'm off to APA on Friday. Friday. Which means, well... I would have been at Apple when you have heard this <laughs> episode. Yep. Um, and yeah, and hopefully all I've um, had it some chat with some other people who do things much better than I do. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Looking for, I wish I was going to be there. Um, unfortunately, this year it hasn't worked out, but next year for sure. Next year. Yeah. Cool. So I was Bruce Moyle. Um, find me at Joffrey Street Productions or um, Be Moyle at Instagram, which I'm using the story feature a lot more at the moment. Instead I noticed of Snapchat. that. I've got a, I'm looking at that. And I'm Ed Jones. You can find me at edjonesphotography.com or edjphotog on Instagram. Cool. And we'll catch you next time. See ya.